0: The following is a not an interview with a person or a reflection, but rather a look at American history. And if you see the title, and saying American Involvement in Other Countries' Elections and Leadership, this is going to document over 50 of those involvements. Some of them, I think, are actually good because that leader was horrific. And others are like, why are we doing this? And then it's like, wow you can see some trends in how we have been involved in other countries leadership either by subversive methods or a coup or even assassination this is not meant to be anti-american this is meant to be we need to put we need to put a spotlight on what our government has been doing and ask questions better questions and not assume that hey like i did I always thought America had the right intention until you start to really question and probe and think. Because I believe that this does reflect poorly on the United States. And the United States is a wonderful, tremendous country, not because of its leaders, but because of its people, because of the human spirit that America does bring out. And I believe that we need to ask better questions, and we start to get more involved with our leadership and challenging them and putting in policies that reflect on the United States, not policies that allow for ambiguity and allow for might doesn't make right. Thank you for listening, and this is the Andrew Frost Podcast. 1865 to 1867, Mexico. Mexico the American Civil War of 1861 to 1865, France invading Mexico to collect debts. France installed Maximilian I. This was actually done by Napoleon on April 10, 1864. Maximilian I was an Austrian archduke who became the second emperor of the Mexican Empire. The U.S. supported Benito Juarez, a former elected president of Mexico before Maximilian was installed. After the Civil War, the US dropped weapons into Mexico and even fought alongside Juarez supporters. This seems like the neighborly thing to do. Ironically, the request for a European royal to rule Mexico was from a Mexican monarchist. Juarez was installed as president, and Maximilian I was executed by the Mexican Republic on June 19, 1867. 1887 to 1889, Samoa. In 1878, U.S. acquired a fueling station in Pago Pago in exchange for providing guarantees of protection to Samoa. German Empire, they wanted something similar, and they wanted Apia, a harbor on the island of Upolu. To give context of the Samoan Islands, Samoa is comprised of 18 islands, with two of the larger islands where most of the population resides. There were rival monarchs seeking power. This led to a Samoan Civil War with the U.S. sponsoring one monarch and German Empire supporting the other. Apia, in that harbor, there was a standoff. In 1889, with seven ships from the U.S., German Empire, and England. With a typhoon coming, none of the ships wanted to leave due to who will blink first and lose in that standoff. Well, all ships sank, with the exception of a British cruiser, leaving 200 Germans and Americans dead. After the storm, the countries decided to center around supporting one person, a military leader by the name of La Pepe. 1893, Kingdom of Hawaii. In 1846, President Tyler formally recognized the Hawaiian kingdom and its independence. This led to treaties for trade and diplomacy. As Hawaii became more important to the U.S., anti-monarch, mostly Americans, engineered the overthrow of the Kingdom of Hawaii in 1893. The island was initially reconstituted as an independent republic, but the ultimate goal for the U.S. was to annex the Hawaiian Islands. In 1897, President McKinley signed a treaty for annexation for the Republic of Hawaii, but lacked the two-thirds support of the Senate. When the U.S. went to war with Spain in April of 1898, Hawaii became an essential stopover. A congressional executive agreement passed called the Newland Resolution, which was only required a majority of the House. In August 21, 1959, Hawaii became our 50th state. 1899 to 1902, Philippines. The U.S. supported revolutionaries against the Spanish Empire. You see, Spain colonized the Philippines in 1565. Upon the U.S. winning the Spanish-American War in 1898, the U.S. was granted the Philippines with the Treaty of Paris. This led to the Philippine-American War. The U.S. success of this war led to an insular government of the Philippine Islands in 1902. The Philippines became a self-governing commonwealth in 1935 and granted full sovereignty by 1946. 1903 to 1925, Honduras. At the end of the Spanish-American War in 1898, the U.S. staged several military operations and interventions in Central America and the Caribbean. The United Fruit and the Standard Fruit companies were heavily present in Honduras with banana exports. They built railways and possessed land holdings that needed protecting. So listen to the number of events that took place here. In 1903, U.S. invaded Honduras, supporting a coup by Manuel Bonilla. 1907, U.S. supported Bonilla from a Nicaraguan back coup. In 1911 and 1912, the U.S. defended the regime of Miguel Davia from an uprising. 1919, the U.S. did peacekeeping during a civil war and installed a caretaker government of Francisco Bogran. 1920, U.S. defended Bogran regime from a general strike. 1924, US defended the regime of Rafael Gutierrez. And finally, in 1925, US involved in defending the elected government of Miguel Barahona, all to defend US interests. Just imagine the amount of chaos. This time period was coined as the Banana Wars in 1983 by author Lester Langley. US conducted military interventions in Cuba, Panama, Honduras, Nicaragua, Mexico, Haiti, and the Dominican Republic. The Banana Wars ended in 1934 when Franklin Delano Roosevelt withdrew from Haiti due to the Great Depression. 1906 to 1909 Cuba. With the Paris Treaty after US defeated Spain, US took possession of Cuba. The US passed the Teller Amendment in 1898 which forbid the US from annexation of Cuba. US occupied Cuba from 1898 to 1902. A military governor, Leonard Wood, ran Cuba. Wood was a U.S. Army general. The Platt Amendment was passed in 1901, which stated that the U.S. could intervene anytime against a government that was not approved by the U.S. It forced Cuba to accept U.S. influence. Tomás Palma became the first president of Cuba after the U.S. withdrew in 1902. He won re-election in 1905, but the opposition party accused him of fraud. Palma resigned in 1906, and his government collapsed. Theodore Roosevelt approved invading the country under that Platt Amendment. Cuba would be governed by Charles Magoon. Magoon was an American lawyer, judge, and diplomat. In 1909, U.S. oversaw the election of Jose Gomez and withdrew from the country. 1909-1910, to Nicaragua. President Jose Zelaya wanted to work with Germany or Japan to build a new canal through its country in competition with the U.S.-owned Panama Canal. U.S. did not want this at all, so U.S. sent high-level officials to support the opposition of Zelaya. Zelaya made a mistake. Two Americans were killed for their participation with the opposing party. U.S. troops invaded the Mosquito Coast, on December 14th in 1909, President Jose Zelaya resigned and left the country. Before leaving, he placed Jose Madrid to lead Nicaragua. U.S. did not recognize Madrid as president. U.S. sent Thomas Dawson to help with elections, and Juan Estrada became president in August of 1910. 1912-1933, Nicaragua. Again, President Estrada allowed U.S. President Taft to apply dollar diplomacy. This was an aim to reduce the threat of military might and instead leverage its economic might by granting loans. The State Department encouraged American bankers and industrialists to secure more opportunities in foreign countries. When Woodrow Wilson became president, he canceled the dollar diplomacy and he extended the stay in Nicaragua with U.S. forces and took complete control of the country's finances and government control of the country. Calvin Coolidge later removed troops and left Adolfo Diaz in charge of the country. Rebels responded by taking control, and Diaz requested U.S. forces to return, which they did. It was a long battle against the rebels, led by Augusto Sandino. In 1934, the U.S. pulled out due to the Great Depression and left the Samoza family in charge. They later killed Sandino. 1950-1934, Haiti U.S. banks requested U.S. governmental intervention due to their financial interests at risk. Woodrow Wilson sent the Navy and used gunboat diplomacy. Imagine firepower on your shore with the threat of mass carnage. The reason for this invasion was due to socioeconomic instability causing problems for investors. The intimidation worked. The U.S. installed a new government and dictated terms of the new constitution in 1917. What happened was is a mob had lynched the president of Haiti, Vilbrum Sam, due to his ordering the execution of political prisoners. During the U.S. occupation, three successive presidents were placed as the U.S. military ruled through martial law. There were a number of deadly clashes with hundreds to thousands of Haitians killed. There were violations of human rights from torture executions to forced labor. Americans were well compensated during this time and Haitians were left in poverty. Franklin Delano Roosevelt ended occupation on August 1st, 1934 due to the Great Depression. 1916 to 1924, Dominican Republic. U.S. invaded the Dominican Republic due to failure to repay debts to European creditors. That's right, European. In May of 1916, Admiral William Caperton forced the Arias to resign and leave Santo Domingo by threatening naval bombardment. More gunship diplomacy. U.S. Marines landed three days later and took control of the country. There were deadly skirmishes between res- the resistance of the Dominicans, but they would not be able to sustain the 800 U.S. troops on the ground. Haitians were sent to the Dominican Republic to work on sugar fields as the conflict continued. U.S. Senate investigated this, and it embarrassed the Wilson administration. U.S. withdrew, and a treaty was signed December twenty seventh, 1924. US gave, this gave U.S. control of the country's revenues, and that was reversed in 1941. World War I, World War II. I'm not going to really get into all of the minglings because there's a lot going on in these two world wars, and I believe that is different than the previous interventions that I described. 1948, Costa Rica, a country I visited and absolutely loved. Christian Socialist Rafael Ángel Calderón of the National Republican Party reached power through Democratic elections in 1944. The Republican Party became allies with the Costa Rican Communist Party. Tensions between the opposition party, supported by the CIA, and a short civil war began, ending Calderón's reign in 1948. A short 18-month rule by Jose Figueres allowed for a two-party democratic system to be in place. 1949 to 1953, Albania. Albania was threatened by its larger neighbors with annexation. The US and the UK saw this as an opportunity. They created the Free Albania National Committee. MI6 and CIA recruited Albanians that fled when the USSR invaded during World War II. These folks were trained by the UK and the US. They infiltrated the country many times and eventually fled or got caught and executed. The operation failed, and we would not have known U.S. involvement until the operation was declassified in 2006. Syria, 1949. Shukri al quwatli was re-elected in 1948. The Syrian Army Chief Husni al-Zaim overthrew Quwatli and became his new president on April 11, 1949. Zaim had extensive connections with the CIA. Prior to the coup, the trans-Arabian pipeline was stalling in the syrian parliament it was approved one month after the coup 1950-1953 burma and china the chinese civil war ended in 1949 with the communists winning and the kuomintang nationals losing the losers fled to burma and taiwan ci assisted kuomintang leadership hoping to retake china kuomintang incursions in western china with china repelling this effort each time kuomintang was like hey this is not working so they took control of parts of burma secret flights by the civil air transport supported by the cia from thailand to burma would bring u.s weapons to burma and on a flight back opium from the Kuomintang to drug traffickers in bangkok who are these drug traffickers chinese mob the triads 1952 egypt February 1952, following riots in Cairo in British control of the Suez Canal and the 1948 defeat of the Egyptian-Israeli War, CIA dispatched Kermit Roosevelt Jr., Teddy Roosevelt's grandson, to meet with Farouk I, the Kingdom of Egypt. The effort was to weaken Farouk's grip on power. In July, there was a coup that replaced the Egyptian monarch. It was thought that Roosevelt helped coordinate the coup. Whether he had or not, there is CIA involvement prior to the July coup. 1952, Guatemala. Operation PP Fortune was a covert plan by the US to overthrow Jacobo Arbenz in 1952. This operation was authorized by President Truman and would have been carried out by the CIA. CIA planned to provide arms to exiled military officer Carlos Castilla Armas. Truman decided to pause the decision. Now wait, there's more. 1952, 1953, Iran. The Shah Mohammad Reza Pahyavi was the ruling constitutional monarch in Iran. Oil in Iran was discovered in the late 19th century. Many people believe that majority, uh, the major powers of Russia, UK, and the US exploited Iran as they received minimal profits from the sale of oil. March of 1952, the Iranian Parliament passed legislation championed by Mohammad Mosaddegh. To nationalize the AIOC, the Anglo-Iranian Oil Company, that passed, and Mohammad Mosaddegh was elected as prime minister. Fifteen months later, the Brits and the U.S. accused Mosaddegh of being a possible communist. CIA began to support several candidates in the 1952 Iranian legislative election. Mosaddegh suspended the election, and the parliament gave emergency powers to Mosaddegh. And that weakened the Shah of Iran's influence. The Brits backed the Shah. And the U.S. was neutral until the election of Dwight D. Eisenhower. The CIA launched Operation Ajaz, directed by Kermit Roosevelt Jr., which led to the 1953 Iranian coup. This led the Shah transition from a constitutional monarch to an authoritarian with U.S. support. CIA finally demanded its responsibility on the 60th anniversary of the coup. 1954, Guatemala, we're back. Once Dwight D. Eisenhower was elected, Operation PB Success, formerly Operation PB Fortune, was enacted. CIA went forward and it led to the coup of President Arbenz and the exiled military leader Carlos Castillo Amas was installed. So, why did this happen exactly? Remember the United Fruit Company? They lobbied for the overthrow of Arbenz due to him threatening their economic interests. The U.S. also feared that Arbenz was being influenced by the communists. It was thought that Eisenhower did not know about these attempts. He ordered it. In documents released in 1997, 1956 to 1957, Syria. In 1956, CIA planned Operation Straggle in an attempt to overthrow Nasirist. Due to Israel invasion of Egypt, the plan was paused. 1957, Operation wappen was the second coup attempt orchestrated by CIA's very own Kermit Roosevelt Jr. It was a plan to stage military incidents on the Syrian border blaming Syria so Iraqi and Jordanian troops would invade. This Operation wappen would include an intense U.S. propaganda campaign targeting Syrian population and national conspiracy theories all to be blamed on Damascus. This failed when Syrian military officers shared the plot with Syrian intelligence. There was a third plan in 1957 called Preferred Plan, MI6, and the CIA plan to support an armed uprising. This was never carried out. U.S. denied this, claiming Syria is a satellite of the USSR. Much later, it turned out to be true. 1957 to 1959, Indonesia. Indonesia is a country with 17,000 islands, including my favorite, Bali. There was a rebel movement called Parmista supported by the cia under the request of president eisenhower in 1957 they wanted to split indonesia the president of indonesia Tsukamo, did not want this to happen in 1958 cia pilots the civil air transport bombed civilian and military targets in indonesia the cia instructed them to target commercial vessels which prevented business to be conducted and weakened the indonesian economy a cat plane was shot down and the pilot was captured and that plan was revealed. The rebellion defeated was defeated by 1961. Sakumo remained present until 1967. Eisenhower denied this at the time and revealed much later to be true. 1959, Iraq. Eisenhower shared concerns about Iraqi leader Abd al-Karim Qasim, appeared to be influenced by the Iraqi Communist Party. It might be good to support Gamal Abdel Nasser, Eisenhower said. Iraq withdrew from the anti-Soviet alliance. Whispers of the CIA were preparing for an assassination attempt on Kwasim. This coordination included Nasser, UAR, which is the United Arab Republic, which is now the United Arab Emirates, and Egypt. One of the young assassins was Saddam Hussein, who would later become president in 1979. The assassination plan failed and Saddam fled to Egypt. There are references of the CIA stating that one of the assassins that fled was identified within a CIA note saying, being one of our boys. Eisenhower denies anything to do with this attempt, but can you really believe that? 1959 to 1963, Vietnam. No Dinh Diem, president of Vietnam, was a repressive ruler. He persecuted the Buddhists, which was a majority in Vietnam. He was anti-communism as well. In 1959, the Workers' Party of Vietnam, a communist party, formed and began an insurgency against the Republic of Vietnam. After Kennedy was elected in 1960, U.S. became more involved in the insurgency. August 21, 1963, there were several midnight raids at Buddhist temples where hundreds were killed. This was directed by Diem's brother. A telegram from D.C. was sent to the U.S. ambassador to South Vietnam, Henry Lodge Jr., to examine possible alternative leaders for Vietnam. Lodge contacted upset officers within the Army of the Republic and that the U.S. would not sanction or cut off aid if there was a coup. Wink, wink, nod, nah, nah. Early November, Diem and his brother were both assassinated. 1959 and 1962, Cuba. General Fulgencia Batista was part of the 1933 revolt that overthrew the government of Cuba. He named himself Chief of the Armed Forces. He maintained control until a constitution was in place. He was elected president in 1940 and served until 1944. He left for Florida and returned to run for president in 1952. He was certain to lose, so he ran a coup prior to the election and became the president himself. The Cuban Revolution began and led by Fidel Castro. Fidel became president in February of 1959. The CIA backed Cuban exiles to invade Cuba with support and equipment from the U.S. military. The invasion was launched on April of 1961, three months after John F. Kennedy was sworn into office. Cuban military defeated the mini-invasion in three days. Operation Mongoose was a year-long U.S. government attempt to overthrow the government of Cuba. It included an economic and psychological campaign. CIA sabotaged buildings, bridges, molasses storage facilities, electric power plant, and sugar harvest operations. The CIA also planned a number of assassination attempts, including his brother Raul. Fidel would lead Cuba until 2008. 1959 Cambodia. Remember Diem, the president of Vietnam? Well, before they were assassinated, his younger brother orchestrated a coup to overthrow the Cambodian leader, Norodom Sihanouk. Diem reached out to Dap Chun, the interior minister with pro-American sympathies. Choon sought help from Thailand, South Vietnam, and the CIA. In January 1959, Sihanouk learned of this coup plot and captured Chun and immediately executed him. Six months later, a package arrived at a royal palace where a low-level official opened it and the bomb exploded. He was instantly killed. Sihanouk's parents were in the next room and narrowly escaped unscathed. Investigation linked the bomb to an American military base in Saigon. This event deepened mistrust with the U.S. 1960-1965 to Congo Patrice Lumumba was elected the first prime minister of the Republic of Congo, now called the Democratic Republic of Congo. By June of 1960, Congo achieved full independence from Belgium. By July, the Congo crisis erupted with a mutiny among the army, followed by the Katanga and South Kasai areas succeeding from Congo. With the support of Belgium, after all, Belgium wanted to keep power and over resources. Lumumba called the UN for assistance. UN would only keep peace, not stop the separatist movement. Lumumba then called in the USSR, which did not sit well with the US. In a briefing to Eisenhower with the head of the CIA, Alan Doles, Eisenhower said, Lumumba should be eliminated. This was recorded by Robert Johnson, who said there was 15 seconds of stunned, stunned silence in the room. The Eisenhower administration planned to poison Lumumba with his, wait for it, toothbrush. Sidney Gottlieb, a chemist for the CIA, went to the Congo with plans to place a poison on his toothbrush. Lumumba went into hiding before this could happen, and the U.S. encouraged Colonel Mobutu to overthrow Lumumba, which he did on September 14, 1960. Lumumba was locked in prison and executed on January 17, 1961. After he was killed, the U.S. began funding Mobutu. Lumumba's supporters organized an opposition government. They launched the Simba Rebellion with USSR support and other Eastern Bloc countries. In 1964, the U.S. and Belgium launched Operation Drago Rogue to rescue hostages taken by Simba rebels and expelled the rebels from the area, making them defeated. After March 1965 elections, Mobutu did a second coup with the help From the U.S., he promised democracy would return, but became a dictator. Mobutu's reign ended in 1997. He died soon afterwards of cancer. 1916, Laos. Laos was in the midst of a civil war. It started in 1959. A communist coalition and a ruling monarch clashed the kingdom of Laos. Fumi Nasavan was the president of Laos in a bloodless coup. December 25th, 1959. Merry Christmas. He would be overthrown by a paratrooper captain named Kong Lee on August 10th, 1960. Kong Lee supported Fumi in the original coup. U.S. got involved because they thought Kong Lee was a communist. The Soviets backed Lee. The U.S. backed Fumi's return. battle in Vientiane occurred with CIA support and the Fumi side won, returning him back to power. Laos experienced several coups and attempted coups as the civil war ended in 1975. 1961 Dominican Republic May of 1961, Rafael Trujillo, ruler of the Dominican Republic, was murdered with weapons supplied by the CIA. A disclosed memorandum in 1973 shared that the CIA considered it a success in changing the government of the Dominican Republic. The reason for this was to remove a totalitarian leader to a Western-style democracy. So you use totalitarian methods to install a Western-style democracy. 1963, Iraq. The Ba'ath Party, in cahoots with the CIA, planned and carried out a violent coup that overthrew the Iraqi leader, Abd al-Karim Qasim, on February 8, 1963. Records for this involvement are still sealed, but other records are coming of light regarding the Kennedys' administration's Discussions related to the coup. Robert Comer, National Security Council, wrote to Kennedy stating that the Iraqi coup is almost a net gain for our side. Also, CIA had excellent reports on the plotting, but doubt that the U.S. or U.K. should claim much credit for this. Hmm. 1963-1973, to Chile. The Soviet funded the Communist Party of Chile, while the U.S. were running PSYOPs, from 1963 until the coup in 1973, the CIA was involved in every Chilean election. The U.S. poured in $2.6 million to fund Eduardo Monteva to defeat the socialist Salvador Allende. The CIA provided $12 million in funding to businesses with interest to harm Allende's reputation. Allende won the election. The U.S. engaged in economic warfare led by President Richard Nixon to make Their economies scream as an effort to unseat Allende. The CIA-backed coup attempts that failed. But on September 11, 1973, Chilean armed forces overthrew President Allende. Augusto Pinochet became the leader of Chile. He proved to be a military dictator that had been in power until 1990. U.S. denied involvement, but that's proven true decades later. 1965 to 1967, Indonesia. Violence became the way to root out communism in countries as we've seen in Iraq. The Indonesian National Armed Forces, along with the CIA, killed six senior generals on October 1st, 1965. General Suarto and other military officers attacked the junior officers accused of being in the Communist Party. A propaganda campaign riled up the people and anyone accused of being a member of the Communist Party, mobs attacked him. Mass killings over the, the many months occurred. U.S. Ambassador Marshall Green encouraged the military leaders to act forcefully against the political opponents. The U.S. provided lists of members of the Communist Party, and there was a horrific targeting of these members. By the time this ended, it was estimated that half a million of people were killed. President Sukamo's support was utterly destroyed. He was forced out a power and replaced by an authoritarian military leader, General Suarto. Historian John Rusa stated, "Overnight, the Indonesian government went from a fierce voice for Cold War neutrality and anti-imperialism to a quiet, compliant partner of the U.S. world order." The U.S.-backed campaign becomes examples of throwing overthrown governments. 1970 Cambodia Prince Norodom Sihanouk came to power in a 1955 parliamentary election. He kept Cambodia out of Vietnam war by maintaining ties with China and North Vietnam. Fearing the North Vietnamese were going to lose, Sihanouk improved relations with the US. Henry Kissinger recommended that Cambodia approve bombings in North Vietnam. There is a mix of opinions on this interaction. March of 1970, Low Noi, military general, pushed for a vote of no confidence in C. Hanouk overthrowing his leadership. There's evidence that in late 1968, Lo Noy floated the idea of a coup with US military intelligence. The coup destabilized the country and led to a civil war with the communists taking phone pen, winning the civil war. 1971 Bolivia. The US supported the 1971 coup. Juan Jose Torres, led by General Hugo Banzer. Torres had become president by leading his own coup the year before. Operation Condor, a US supported campaign, kidnapped and assassinated Torres in 1976. 1974 to 1991, Ethiopia. September 12, 1974, Emperor Hale Selassie was overthrown by the dirge, the dirge led by dictator. Magistu Miriam, a Marxist-Leninist, Leninist, aligned with the Soviet Union. The U.S. funded the rebel groups that quickly rose up. In 1990, the George was no longer supported by the Soviet Union as their collapse was looming. Miriam resigned, and even though was not supported by the U.S., the U.S. helped him flee to Zimbabwe. Undoubtedly, an agreement made between he and the U.S., A a democratic government was formed. 1975 to 1991, Angola. Angola was a colony of Portuguese. In the 1960s, there were rebellions that led to Portugal signing the Alvor Agreement in January 15th, 1975, giving Angola independence. Various groups started fighting one another. The U.S. supported the non-Marxist-related party, key player being Jonas Savimbi, President Gerald Ford approved Operation IA Feature, which poured money into Angola. We're talking sums of six, to eight, the 25 million. Not everyone in the CIA and State Department agreed. Nathaniel Davis, Assistant Secretary of State, quit. Congress learned of this plan and passed the Clark Amendment, ending the operation and restricting involvement in Angola. Even though this passed, George H.W. Bush, at the time CIA Director, conceded that some of the money still flowed to angola 1986 Ronald reagan articulated the reagan doctrine and called for the funding of anti-communism across the world due to soviet influence the clark amendment was repealed savimi visited the white house in 1986 and received 25 million dollars in aid after george hw bush became president Savimbi continued to receive aid and relied on the Black Manafort and Stone Company to lobby on his behalf. The two factions in Angola finally signed the Bicesse Accords, ending U.S. and Soviet involvement in the war and allowing for a multi-party election. 1975-1999 to 1999, East Timor December 7, 1975, nine days after declaring independence from Portugal, East Timor was invaded by Indonesia to overthrow Fretilin, a revolutionary front that emerged the year before. President Ford and Henry Kissinger met with General Suharto and decided to maintain good relations since the fall of Saigon. Indonesia was the only ally in that region. Ford figured that East Timor was of little significance. The U.S. supplied military aid to Indonesia occupation ended in 1999. A 2005 report from East Timor stated U.S. political and military support were fundamental to the invasion and occupation of East Timor. 1976, Argentina. Argentina armed forces overthrew President Isabel Perón, and she was elected in 1973 one of the the first female leaders. The 1976 coup started the military dictatorship of General Jorge Rafael Videla. The coup and the regime were endorsed and supported by the U.S. with Kissinger visiting several occasions. According to Spanish Judge Balthazar Garzon, Kissinger was a witness to the regime's crimes against humanity. 1979-1992 Afghanistan The 1978 Sour Revolution brought Democratic Republic of Afghanistan to power a one-party state backed by the Soviet Union. Operation Cyclone was implemented to support the jihad guerrillas known as the Afghan Muha to overthrow the government. Six hundred and ninety-five thousand dollars was given as aid on july third, nineteen seventy-nine. December of nineteen seventy nine, Soviets invaded Afghanistan. US channeling channeled training, weapons and money through Pakistan. The weapons were antique British rifles, and eventually more modern state of the art military weapons such as stinger surface air missiles were offered some of the key militants benefited from the cia would later become al-qaeda key folks such as Jalaluddin haqqani and gulbuddin hekmatair both were key allies to osama bin laden according to foreign secretary robin cook u.s support for Mujahideen ended in January 1992 in an agreement of the, with the Soviets to end interference with Afghanistan. The support that flooded in was somewhere valued between 36 to $40 billion. The result was a heavily armed military aid to Afghanistan society. Some sources indicate that Afghanistan was the world's top destination for personal weapons during the 1980s. 1980-1989, Poland since 1952, the one-party communist state of Poland was in effect. In 1980, there was a formation of Solidarity Trade Union. The Reagan administration supported this movement. CIA waged a public relations campaign to deter Soviet forces from entering Poland, which was imminent. Colonel Ryzard Golkinski, senior officer to the Polish general staff, secretly sent reports to the CIA the CIA transferred $2 million per year for 5 years. There was apparently no direct contact between CIA and the Solidarity Trade Union. All money was transferred through third parties. Even the AFL-CIO, a union raised $300,000 from its members and were used to provide cash and materials directly to the Solidarity Trade Union. Congress authorized national endowment for democracy to allocate $10 million to the Solidary Trade Union. When martial law was in place by the Polish government in December 1981, CIA increased its support through funding, training, and equipment. CIA successfully infiltrated Poland. Poland became a democratic country in 1989. 1981 to 1982, Chad the first Chadian Civil War. The military overthrew François Tambal Baye and placed Felix Molum as head of state. His son Habré was appointed prime minister. Molum attempted to overthrow the government and forced, and was forced out. Gukini Audé became head of state. Audé agreed to share power with Habré, appointing him minister of defense. Fighting resumed, and Habre was exiled to Sudan in 1980. During this time, U.S. wanted access to Chad since it shared a border with Libya. Habre was pro-U.S. Uday was close to uh, was too close, in fact, with Muammar Gaddafi in Libya. Reagan gave CIA support to Habre, where he returned to Chad in 1981 to continue fighting overthrow of Uday, which happened on June 7th. 1982 1981 1990 nicaragua the u.s gave power uh, to the somoza family 1933 the sandinista national liberation front had overthrown the somoza family in 1979 carter tried to be friendly with the new government but when reagan came into office which was more anti-communism than carter in january of 1981 reagan cut off aid to nicaragua and authorized the shipment of arms to the region the u.s the u.s government trained the contras, who were rebel fighters based in honduras and they were attempting to overthrow the government ci distributed a manual entitled psychological operations and uh, guerrilla war that manual instructed the contras on how to blow up public buildings to assassinate judges create martyrs and blackmail ordinary people the u.s assisted by blowing up bridges mined harbors causing damage to merchant ships and fishing vessels. After the Boland Amendment made it illegal for the US government to provide funding for Contra activities, Reagan's administration secretly sold arms to Iranian government and used that money to fund the Contras. This sparked the Iran Contra affair. The US continued to train and arm the Contras after the Sandistas won election in 1984. In the 1990 election, George H.W. Bush authorized 49.75 million in non-lethal aid to the contras. They assassinated many political candidates and won election. 1983, Grenada. October 25, 1983, U.S. military and a coalition of six Caribbean nations invaded Grenada under code name Operation Urgent Fury. It successfully overthrew the Marxist government of Hudson Austin, who was supported by the Cuban soldiers. You see, the week before, Maurice Bishop, was previously the leader of Granada, was killed, and Austin was installed as its leader. Austin was ousted, and Granada installed a new leader. The UN stated that the U.S. violated international law in this invasion. 1989-1994, to 1994, Panama. In 1979, the US signed a treaty with Panama to end the Panama Canal Zone, and the US promised to hand over the canal in 1999, almost like a Prince song. Manuel Noriega ruled as dictator and known for drug trafficking. When he was starting to get cozy with Eastern Bloc countries, this worried the US. Noriega lost the election in 1989 and refused to give up leadership. Bush called for him to honor the the will of the people. Coup attempts were made against Noriega. Operation Just Cause, the U.S. military invaded Panama in 1989. Noriega went in hiding and was later captured where he would be prosecuted in the U.S., France, and Panama. He died in prison in 2017. Guillermo Adara was sworn into office as the U.S. stayed until 1994 to help Panama set up the government. 1991, Iraq. I remember the evasion of Kuwait by Iraq. Saddam Hussein took over the country in just two days in August of 1990. The U.S. buildup was immediate, and the 42-country coalition began with aerial bombings on January 17, 1991 and came to a close with the American-led liberation of Kuwait on February 28, 1991. Bush made a speech on Voice of America calling for Iraqi people to overthrow Saddam Hussein. Following this rebellion, following this, rebellions started with two of the largest Mm -hmm. Iraqi Kurds from the north and the Shia militias from the south. They thought the U.S. would offer support. The U.S. did not. The Sharia uprisings were crushed by military of the Iraqi government, and the Kurds were rooted out. The reason for not getting involved in this was, what if Iraqi failed? What if it fell? Who would be the counter to Iran? So they left enough power in Baghdad to keep the stability in the area, leaving many killed. 1992 to 1996, Iraq. Ayad, Alawi headed the Iraqi National Corps, a group that opposed Saddam Hussein. The CIA launched DB Achilles, a coup operation against the Iraqi government. Alawi was critical to this. CIA directed a bombing campaign in Baghdad between 1992 to 1995. Alawi attempted a coup in 1996, and it failed. When the U.S. invaded Iraq in 2003, Ayad Alawi was placed in as prime minister in 2004. 1994 Haiti A military coup of Haiti happened in 1991, overthrowing Jean Bertrand-Arstide. The Bush administration had good relations with his military. 1994, Haiti. A military coup of Haiti happened in 1991, overthrowing Jean Bertrand-Arstide. The Bush administration had good relations with this military group. When Bill Clinton came to power, Clinton supported Jean Bertrand-Arstide to power. The U.N. authorized the U.S. to invade Haiti and restore Aristide to power. Jimmy Carter, former president, arrived in Haiti and shared the ultimatum with the Haiti government. Either the dictator Raoul Cedras retired and let Aristide return to power or be invaded. Cedras held on to power, but not for long, the U.S. military did come to stop the violence that ensued. Aristide returned to power October 1994. 2000, former, in 2000, former U- Yugoslavia, there were issues. The 2000 Yugoslavian election, federal election commissioner announced that Kostunica failed to reach the majority and therefore lost to Milosevic. It turned out that the non-communist Kostunica won the majority needed to be elected. The U.S. got involved, which sped up the campaign by supplying materials, cans of spray paint. Seriously tech, advice. Milosevic resigned. In the response to 9-11, like World War One, World War II, I'm not going to include Afghanistan and Iraq with the response to 9-11 regarding our involvement in overthrowing regimes through coup or attempting. So I'm going to do the same as I did for World War I and World War II. 2005, Krigsberg, Kazakhstan, oh, say that. In Kazakhstan, elections were held due to the corruption and authoritarian, authoritarian leadership of Askar Akayev, who ruled since 1990. The U.S. provided aid to opposition protesters from distribution of materials and Radio Liberty. When the government shut down the power, of the U.S. embassy provided generators. Akayev was voted out of office in 2005. 2006 to 2007, Palestinian territories. The Bush administration was displeased with the 2006 election, where Hamas won 50, 56% of the seats in the legislature. U.S. government pressured the Fatah faction of the Palestinian National Authority to topple Hamas leader Ismail Haniya. Tens of millions of dollars was issued, and Congress blocked it. Bush admin found a way around it and granted that funding. This led to trading and armaments. The Fatah launched a war against the Hanayyad government. Saudi Arabia attempted to negotiate a truce, but the U.S. pressured Fatah to reject this plan. Hamas government was not able to rule over all of Palestinian territories as the Fatah retreated to the West Bank and Hamas taken control of the Gaza Strip. 2011, Libya. Muammar Gaddafi had been the leader of Libya since 1969. He was a horrific dictator. February of 2011, the Arab Spring, a revolution that spread from Benghazi, where an interim government was set up, and to the capital, Tripoli, sparking the first Libyan civil war. France, U.S., and U.K. launched a 2011 military intervention in Libya. Between the U.S. and U.K., they fired 110 Tomahawk cruise missiles. A coalition of 27 states from Europe and Middle East were involved. Gaddafi's government collapsed in August, and he was captured and executed. A transitional government was installed. Gaddafi was stabbed in the anus by a knife or a bayonet, and I'm sure that reflects things that he did to his people over the years. 2012-2017, Syria. April 11th, John McCain, Lindsey Graham, and Joe Lieberman called on President Obama to state unequivocally that President Bashar al-Assad must go. U.S. provided training, money to moderate Syrian rebels. 2015, Obama reaffirmed that Assad must go. July 2017, President Trump ordered the phasing out of CIA support, the anti-Assad rebels. 2013-2014, to Ukraine the Obama administration's meddling in the Ukraine politics is extensive. Ukrainian President Viktor Koich was elected in 2010. He rejected European Union's terms for association in late 2013. Many Ukrainians were upset with Victor's corruption and the economy languishing behind Poland and other neighbors in the region. Protests began against his presidency with the U.S. supporting the opposition party. Victoria Nuland, Obama's assistant secretary of European and Eurasian affairs, visited the leaders of the protesters three times after the demonstration started. On December 5th of 2013, she actually handed out cookies to demonstrators and expressed support for the cause. I wonder if she bought those cookies from the Girl Scouts. Nuland plotted the eventual overthrow of Ukraine's president and planned the escalation of U.S. involvement in Ukraine's uh, political turbulence february 24 2014 the protesters overthrew Yanukovych with victoria newland right there influencing the next leader Alexander turkinov u.s blatantly meddled in the election with which uh, is interesting with accusations of russian influence of the u.s election of 2016 which was you know turned out to be false Also, this led to the Russians invading Ukraine, killing tens of thousands of soldiers on the Ukraine side, and it's a scar in history that will be viewed by historians as USA caused this. Newland has been involved in many conflicts with U.S. support over the past 30 years. 2022, Pakistan. Imran Khan, famous Pakistani cricket player, became prime minister in 1996. According to a leaked classified Pakistani document on March 7, 2022, the U.S. State Department encouraged Pakistan to remove Khan due to his neutrality on the Russian invasion of Ukraine. March 8, 2022, opposition parties of Khan submitted a motion of no confidence, which led to the eventual ousting of Khan from office. The Biden administration was displeased with Khan's take on the war in Ukraine. On August 9th, 2023, a secret Pakistan cable documented US pressure to remove Prime Minister Khan. Khan blamed the US due to his stance on supporting the war, on not supporting the war in Ukraine. While in office, Khan failed to report four gifts he received. This is a crime in Pakistan. This led to him being banned from running in any election for five years. He was also assigned to three years in jail and placed in maximum security prison, like he was a terrorist. This is chilling because this has been repeated in other countries. You charge the president, you charged a, a robust leader with crimes that have not sure if they match the outcome, like three years in prison for four gifts you received. So what are some of the key ideas from All of the things I read, CIA must be managed differently with better oversights is one. Almost every modern president intervened in foreign elections or subversive acts on supporting a coup. Think what you want, but Trump is the only one that did not get into a mess or subverted a foreign leader. But then again, time is essential since classified documents need to be declassified to learn what we have done as a nation. Our entanglements cross all parties and degrees of conservative or liberal. The evidence of Khan and other leaders who have been prosecuted by their rivals is something that only happens in other countries until now. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoyed kind of a sad fallout, but a fascinating look on American history and our involvement in other countries Make it a glorious day.